Welcome to the Mostly Pile Out of Night. Mostly, I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host Salem. This is episode five of our new weekly All Things Horror podcast. Our topic for this week is making horror movies choice choices past versus present. So discussing how we made choices growing up versus how we make choices now. Um, so kind of the first thing I want to discuss is box art. You know, when we were growing up, as we discussed previously, that pre-internet you know we just had to go into a video store and make choices basically just by looking at the box art and you know reading the short description on the back so salem for you when you were making these choices growing up how much did the box art really matter to you um i mean it mattered a great deal i mean it was really the only window i had into it i didn't uh i didn't read any like magazines or or watch any tv shows that had any descriptions or anything on it so i was almost completely reliant on box art and, you know, the little synopsis on the back of the box to tell you what it is and what it's about. Um, I mean, I very much wanted magazines, but I just, <laughs> I mean, one, like, I didn't have money for them and two, I wasn't allowed to. So. Right. Like Fingora and stuff like that. Right. 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 Uh, so yeah, I was just entirely dependent on and at the mercy of box art. I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely vouch for that too. You know, whether it's VHS, if you're lucky enough to have the box art, because some places didn't have the box art. Um, I don't recall. I think Blockbuster didn't always have it. Sometimes it just wasn't there. They just had the you know the the plastic clamshell case that all you had to go off was the title at some points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember um, Hollywood Video. If you remember those, they actually had the original. VHS box inside of a little plastic sleeve, and you'd rent the entire thing. I don't, I don't know if you had one of those by you or not, but the, the ones by me—that's how they did it. Uh, our our video store was Video Circle that we had. Um, Hollywood Video we got later is my is, I'd say late nineties, early two thousands that we got Hollywood Video. I never went there. By the time that came around, Family Video by me was a more prevalent thing. Um, at that point, it was VHS was gone for the most part. DVD was in, like I said, late nineties. Um, they still had they still had VHS sections, right? But they were trying to sell everything off. You know, yeah, well, I was um, I was broke and I had an old junk VCR. So <laughs> I, I was still renting VHSs, but yeah, this was yeah that would be uh, yeah it was it was it was the late nineties era when I was going to Hollywood. Yeah. Um. Now, yeah, there were, you know, box art, yeah, greatly thing, you know, great artwork, as we discussed before. 80s, I think, exploded with all of a sudden having this fantastic box art, um, you know, that they realized, hey, that's what sells is the home market that kind of made horror just, I think, spring to life and just overflowing in the 80s. And then people realizing that they could great create the, all this wonderful box art and kind of not necessarily trick people, but kind of trick people into buying it, right? Or to renting it so they can get that known there and people recognize the box art. I think, you know, we're looking 35, 40 years later, you know, that it's still a case, right? People remember certain box arts. Do you, do you think it was, you know, how, how do you feel about it? Like, do you feel like some of the box art was dishonest do you think it was kind of just a big marketing thing like because i can talk about you know the nes video games right you have good examples of really great box art to be games are really really bad oh yeah i mean yeah those i mean those 
lots of, I mean, for video games, especially there was a lot of instances of like pictures being on the cover that had nothing to do with the game or, you know, a very, very, you know, far off rendition of what's happening in the game. Cause the guy drawing it has no idea what the game is about, or has probably even seen the game. Right. He's gotten a, like a rough translation over the phone of what it is. Like, all right, I guess I'll draw that. But do you think that that correlated as well to to the horror movies that not not necessarily if it was like a hand drawn thing that seemed never appearing in the movie itself? Um, I mean, it went both ways. I mean, there was some that were were great. I mean, there was some that were you know great depictions of of it, like of you know trying to think like the Nightmare on Elm Street ones, right? They were like very cool, like you know hand drawn, you know almost like painted, um, but they were you know very you know, indicative of what was in those movies, right? They were, I mean, there was an artistic style to it and everything, but they were, they were pretty faithful to what the movie was about and the characters in the movie. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of other ones that were just, you know, was way off, you know? I mean, right. the box art looks really cool, but it just, yeah, like those things did not happen in the movie <laughs> or, you know, they're just like, you know, over, you know, representing things that, you know, kind of happened in the movie but they're like showing it this happens all the time you know on the box art and they did that right stuff all the time. right um now do you think you know box art for me especially when i start when i start working and starting income not necessarily renting it i would go like you know we start getting like a disc replay by me it, you know when funko land kind of disbanded and became gamestop that disc replays kind of popped up and i'd go you know if i couldn't find the movie at the video store is I'd just go and try to find cheap movies that are horror movies at like disc replay or um, Suncoast videos was a place I went through because they always had just the off the wall horror stuff that you really couldn't find anywhere else for me in my experience. Um, and still, it was still just kind of going off of the, the artwork, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, so it was. I mean, yeah, I remember going to Suncoast, um, you know, because I was I was an anime fan back then. And back then, I mean, pre-internet, um, it was extremely hard to find any anime anywhere. And and the stuff that you did find was like just outrageously priced. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're getting a VHS copy of, you know, like, let's say it's a, a show with, you know, multiple episodes. Right. And you would get a, a VHS tape with like two, maybe three episodes on it. And you'd be paying like 30, 40 bucks for it. They were right. they were nuts. They were nuts. But yeah, and again, you're basically just at the mercy of that box art because I mean, there's nobody out there. I mean, unless you got a word of mouth, somebody that actually purchased it and watched it before you. Otherwise, who knows? Right, could be, could be bad. I mean, but yeah, anime was the same way. You know, sometimes the box art was just way off. It had nothing to do with the show. They just put it on there because it looked good. Um. Now, in, in with you know horror movies, did you ever go through a phase like I did where I just kind of try to buy? buy every cop every any horror movie I was able to find and like i said a lot of the stuff i would just went off of box art now did you ever build up a, just a good horror movie collection just on vhs or dvd over time and then you just you know maybe you know spent two dollars on it or maybe the twenty dollars at suncoast <laughs> uh the horror the, the horror stuff i never really spent like that much money on i mean i've made it a point to go the video store and like rent you know like entire franchises of things you know to make sure that i saw all of them um but yeah i never really bought them i mean one i didn't have the money for it and by the time i did i was so far behind that i was like i didn't want to start at that point okay 
Uh, but I, I mean, I would, I bought my favorites, the ones that I knew I liked, but I didn't buy ones blindly. Okay. Yeah. But like if the, the video store had like the, you know, buy five for $10, I would blindly, per, buy, you know, blindly buy them if I couldn't find anything else I wanted just to get the five. You know, those, those, those good deals. Did you ever end up buying any like DVDs or VHS from the video stores? Or was it always just something that you've seen that you wanted? Um, I used to do it at um, uh, Blockbuster back when Blockbuster, because, you know, when they got a new movie, they would buy like whatever, hundreds of copies of it. Right. Because they had that, you know, like always in stock thing. Right. So they had like all these copies. And as soon as it was like not popular anymore and they moved it to like the secondary shelf they had like hundreds of copies that they needed to sell off and they would just throw them in the big stack and they would sell them for a super cheap. And they'd always have like, yeah, whatever, you know, 10 for 10. (laughs) I mean, I don't think think they were that cheap, but they had like all kinds of deals, but yeah, they were mostly just, you know, overstock from stuff that, you know, they had bought too many of it. But I, I did a lot of that. I mean, that's probably over half the DVD collection I have now is probably from that. Right. Um, I did something that I kind of regretted doing was when the DVD became like the standard format is anything I had on VHS. I go, you know what? I'll never need VHS again. And I went in this replay, sold every VHS I had, and then bought the movie on DVD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that VHS, I held on to them for a very, very long time. Um, and it basically got to the point where I had moved twice. So this was, I mean, at least uh, probably like a six to seven year period, right? I had moved twice in that period. Yeah. Uh, and both of the places I had moved to in that time period, I never even bothered hooking the VCR up. Because, I mean, I had a whole bunch of VHSs, like a whole box of them. I mean, there were some of them that were awesome. You know, I had like old anime stuff that I, you know, value to me because i had spent a lot of money eventually collecting entire series of these things you know i did a lot of stuff that i couldn't really find on dvd yet right i I just didn't want to get rid of it i was like oh you know i want to watch these eventually um but yeah after like moving twice and not hooking up the vcr at all and then going to pack up again to move for a third time and seeing just this giant box of vhs's i'm just like you know what i'm not gonna move this again but that was 2012 so I mean I I hung on to mine for a while. I mean it was it was not that long ago when I got rid of it. Wow. Yeah, for for me like I said when I started working and started getting you know, the dollar two dollar stuff that my I had an entire wall lined full of DVD cases. I still have all those DVDs, but I got rid of the cases. And I put them all in the binders because it's just easier and not enough space and VHS takes up a lot of space. There's no getting around that you know what i mean it's blasphemy <laughs> keep your physical cases man come on <sighs> i i didn't i did not win that battle when i got married of keeping all those things um <laughs> i i kept all the dvds um you know but like i said i i have them but you know i ripped all my movies onto digital copies that way i can watch it from any tv in my house not worry about dvd players anymore but I mean, you think I'd be the opposite way because how I keep my video games that I would have all that stuff. And for some reason for me, movies never stuck to that. Um, I really don't know why. Like, 
you've seen all the NES games I have in boxes, NES games. I obviously have no problem collecting stuff like that, but it's just, I don't typically pop in a VHS or DVD anymore. I haven't for a very long time. So they're kind of in the back of my head at that point. You know, it's all digital or streaming now for me. It's because you're right on the border between millennial and, and Gen Xer, right? So, like, sometimes you're like, I need the physical collection, but sometimes you're like, no, I'm okay with digital. See, that's because you're right on the edge. See, I'm all in on the Gen X side, so I need physical copies of everything. Like I said, I have the physical copies. That's just I rip them and put them on my media so they're digital. So, like I said, I have I keep the physical copy as a backup. Like, I you don't never get rid case. of them. It's not, doesn't I count. I know. It doesn't, it doesn't count. count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, you, you're right. Of you know that I'm on that that you know towing that line that you know we've discussed video game stuff. We discuss a lot of stuff in books in the past too, and I think it pertains to movies. Is we're at the age if you didn't have it, you didn't own it, and that's the way it was. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense that we still have the urge to have the physical copy of things. Yeah, the the urge to collect. I, I mean, I have yeah physical collections of a lot of things. I mean, right. you, you know how many books I have. I have way, right. way too many. Right, and so the well, I, I, I don't think I have too many, but people <laughs> tell me I have too many, so I repeat that. I mean, I don't think you have too many. I obviously have, I don't think I have a digital book. Books, I think books are, are a physical thing I need to have in my hand. Yeah, you know, I can't work. do it. I, I tried, I mean, I get that like screen blindness, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, if you look at a web page and you just see a wall of text and your brain just immediately shuts off, and you're like, nope, nope, I'm not, I'm not reading all that. <laughs> even, right. though, even though I read books all the time, obviously I could read that, but like when I'm on a computer, like immediate blindness, like, nope, I don't want to do that. Right. Yet, when I'm, when, even if it's a book on like a, a Kindle, like a screen or a yeah. tablet or something, I can't do it. My brain just is like, nope, nope, we're not doing this wall of text. Um, but if I get a physical book in my hand, I have no problem. I'm fine. Right. Now, for for horror movies stuff like that, obviously we've been we started collecting laser discs and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're realistically just collecting laser discs that of movies that we enjoy. Um, do you do you think you'd ever go back and recollect VHS just for the box art? Um, I mean, I'd like to. I mean, the reason I don't is just because I have too many damn collections as it is. <laughs> I don't need any more. Um, but I mean, I would really like to. I mean, I think they're really cool. I mean, I guess they're. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just different kind of shelving. But I guess they're they'd be kind of sort of easier to collect than laser discs. Because um, I mean, they're you know smaller, they're thicker, yeah, but they're smaller. I mean, that, so that's it's really weird. Is we have decent collections of of laser discs. People call them pretty big collection of laser discs, and a pretty big collection of DVDs and Blu-rays, but VHS. We don't. Well, anymore. Like anymore. I said, I, right. I gave, I, I mean, my VHS collection was not like, it wasn't like massive. Or anything. Uh, right. But I had, I had a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. It was like my favorite movies and a lot of, you know, goofy off the wall stuff that I'd picked up over the years. Um, and yeah, and it just, again, I just, I got so tired of moving it. If I didn't move, like since that time, I would definitely still have them. Um, I just, again, it's like. You know, moving so many times, you move the same boxes after not even unpacking them. It's like, okay, if I, if I haven't unpacked it, <laughs> just get rid of it. You're never going to touch it again. And, of course, as soon as you get rid of it, that's when, oh, I should have kept that. Right. Way of the world. 
I mean, I'd almost like to just collect the box art itself, the boxes, not necessarily VHS, because for like for every reason, obviously VHS only has a limited number of plays, essentially, right? Versus right. Laserdisc, which seemingly unlimited. DVDs, you can kind of resurface. You can't do that Laserdisc, but it it's it's a shame that like you know when we go hunting for Laserdisc that. If we look at the VHS section, there's nothing that we've I really ever seen in the wild. I just go, I have to have this. Yeah. Well, you also got to realize that, like, as the VHS market ages, like the VCRs that they're playing them on are also aging because they don't make them anymore. Right. And like v- VCRs in bad shape that need cleaning that aren't doing well eat tapes. Right. Right. So, I mean, you're talking on a long enough timeline, you're going to run out of tapes because all those junk-ass VCRs, the ones that are still running, are just going to keep destroying more tapes. Do you think we'll see a resurgence of VHS? Like, we saw a resurgence of Laserdisc, as we've seen that are collecting, that at some point in time, people will have that feeling of VHS, and we'll see it rise again. Like, we, I, I feel like we saw that with cassette tapes, with music and obviously vinyl is still a, a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, well, well, vinyl, vinyl has its place, okay? Because I mean, vinyl is, it's, it's still analog, right? I mean, right. so it's still, if you, if, you know, if you have the right equipment and everything, it's always going to be superior than digital. That's just the way it is. I mean, because digital is technically sampling, right? It's, it's right. ones and zeros. It's, it's steps, you know. So like analog has a sound wave, which has the arc in the wave. And um, all digital can do is sample that. So, I mean, it can get the ones and zeros really small so that it, on your naked eye, you can't really tell. But if you zoom in close enough, you can see it's steps. It's not a wave. It's steps, right? So it's never exactly that analog wave. And your brain can tell the difference. I mean, obviously, you need to be like a crazy audiophile to like go, oh, I can tell which one is which. Because, I mean, I probably can't. No. Um, yeah. But also, but some people can, and and technically, vinyl is you know the peak of analog sound, um, and so it'll always have a place. You know, again, the audiophile people, you know, are always going to be there. Um, you know, because analog is still has its place. But like cassette tapes, cassette tapes, yeah, they had a little resurgence there for a while, but it was just a hipster thing. I mean, it right. wasn't. There was no real purpose to it. I mean, the cassette tapes are inferior in almost every way. I mean, right. they're inferior sound to vinyl. They're inferior because you can't pick a song or move it around. I mean, even vinyl, you can do that because you can look at the record and see where the breaks are and move it to the right song. But in a cassette tape, you have to like rewind, fast forward, you know, all that kind of stuff. And again, and and it's worse quality. There's really no point to it other than, you know, saying, hey, look, I have a cassette tape. <laughs> There's really no point in having it. And I think v- VHS is kind of that same thing. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, the the like true analog stuff, like the real to real movie stuff, like nobody has that stuff anymore, unless you're like a crazy. So we're discussing that that VHS is kind of in that same realm as cassette tapes. It's just kind of a, inf- I wouldn't say inferior media, but it kind of is. I mean, it is. I mean, simply because of the fact that um, if you're looking for you know pure analog movie. Um, I mean, yeah, really, you're going to have to go to, like, an old-school theater that has, like, the old 35-millimeter film, right? I mean, that's going to be the best version of it. Um, right. So that would be your vinyl, right? Would be, like, 35-millimeter, like, in a theater. Um, and then your cassette tape would be VHS, essentially. 
to like yeah there, there's always going to be some hipsters some collectors that like that stuff but overall it's an inferior film. i mean I, I guess that's my opinion but that's what i think yeah i mean i i think if i saw a huge collection i probably would get it but as of right now you know i'm just kind of sticking to you know i ha- i have all the movies i want on dvd or blu-ray and the, collecting the old school stuff on laserdisc like i said i just as cool as the box art was and as much as that grade was into our childhoods, it's just something I don't see doing it right now. I don't, I don't think the love is there for VHS or, you know, even beta to have that underground thing that we've found in Laserdisc world. Right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm on board with that. All right. So let's go into classic box art, you know, kind of what, is your favorite box art that you remember, you know, throughout the, the period of, of, of horror? We can kind of, we have, I know we kind of have a list. We can kind of just go off one by one, right? So um, my first favorite that always stood out was Creepshow. You know, um, not allowed to have comics growing up just because they cost money. My parents don't like me spending my money in comics because it was a waste of money, right? The Creepshow you know, obviously is like a classic um, horrifying tales or tales from the crypt type comic book panel with the ghoul. Was it the creeper? I think it was the creeper. Is that what they call him? The yeah, creeper? the creeper. Kind of peering into the window and, ha- you know, with like a, with a kid reading the comic. And it's very comic book style and even worked well as a comic book in the movie itself. Right. And I like the box art so much that I have a creep show t-shirt with that box art. That's a cool t-shirt. I, I know. I got it from work and I just, she's like, you know, she got this, this lineup of, of horror stuff at work. And I just like, is there anything you want? I go, yeah, I like creep show. Like it's such, I think it's good depiction. And I think it really held true to the, just the intrigue and the style of the movie. You know, I think it's kind of able to explain pretty well in the box art what it was, right? And the movie was fantastic. Love it to no end. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like that format where you have like a bunch of like mini stories in there. But I mean, but again, all of those mini stories hit. I mean, there's not a bad one in that bunch. So Right. Right. So like I said, that that's something that just like I think that seeing that box art for the first time when I was able to rent it, I go, I have to watch this movie just based off of it you know so what what's what's one on your list uh mine would be fright night um and that one is the uh it's like the, the kind of a spooky old house mm-hmm. um but it's got the clouds above it with like the like the spooky vampire face like in the clouds um the first time i saw it i was like oh that looks cool so i rented it i brought it home and the movie was just great i mean it was you know, it's it's like part fun, part scary, um, but yeah, you know, just an all around great movie. But I always like that that cover of just the, the the scary, spooky face in the clouds. Right, uh, and I I I I agree. That's a great like poster. It's a it's a fantastic design. Um, I don't even think the the remake with uh, Colin Farrell was the. I don't think the the poster was anything to in comparison. No, no. The, I mean, the movie wasn't bad. I mean, I mean, cause I'm a David Tennant fan. 
David Tennant was in it. Right. Um, but I mean, but it was a pretty good movie. But yeah, no, the, yeah, the, the, the art was not as good as the original. It's, it's essentially, just, I think it was just Colin Farrell's like eyes and teeth, I believe, in the poster. I don't Probably. think it, it, I think it was more, I think it was closer to like Fright Night 2's poster, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, just quickly. I don't know, Fright Night 2 had it. It was just over a hotel. Uh, it was almost the same thing, but over a hotel for Fright Night 2. Fright Night, yeah, it's it's Colin Farrell's face and then Anton over it. That was the poster. I, yeah. it, not even close. I I don't think <laughs> it. I don't think it pays homage or close enough to it. So yeah, the original fantastic. I completely understand that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one is Evil Dead Two. You know, Evil Dead. You have, you have the classic of you know the woman coming out of the grave, the hand coming up from the grave and grabbing her by the throat, which. Does not happen in the movie. <laughs> um, and Evil Dead Two is, you know, the the kind of like the 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 profile, the side profile of a skull, kind of kind of turned towards you with glowing red eyes, right? Once again, I have that as a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, it's Evil Dead. I see Evil Dead T-shirt. I'm going to buy it. And hmm. let's be honest, Fye and Some Girls also has great T-shirts. And at one point, way back, the Hot Topic, I went to Hot Topic because of the horror movie t-shirts, quite honestly, when they first um, opened. Yeah, yeah, there used to be a t-shirt place in the mall. I don't remember the name of it, but they had just had racks and racks and racks of t-shirts. And I don't know where they got their t-shirts from. They had some weird ones, but I had, I didn't have any Evil Dead ones, but I did have an Army of Darkness one. And it was it was in Italian. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why it was in Italian, but it was. And I, I love that it. it was great. Is it with the ripped ash that he's just bulging muscles, which he's not? <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was your 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 classic like artistic of the you know Army of Darkness style, you know, where it was almost like you know painted drawn kind of yeah. thing. And it was you know, and it said Army of Darkness, and then on the back, like I don't know what it said because it was in Italian. I don't speak Italian, <laughs> but yeah, it said a bunch of stuff on the back in Italian, um, and then there was a tagline on the front that was also in Italian. I don't know what it said. I never really looked it up. Okay, I, I, wonder, I, I wonder if it was you know. You know, um, out of gas, uh, was it out of time, I guess, something like that. Out of options, you know, the reluctant hero, right? But you know, Evil of Two, like I said, I that skull, love it. Um, it's just it, like I said, obviously that image was also never in the movie, but the box art was, like I said, we established huge Evil Dead fans, so Evil Dead had to be on that list. Yeah. All right. What's a, what's another one for you? Uh, not, another one for me would be Chopping Mall. Now, <laughs> this one is uh, you know, it's like a, a like a robot hand, like an evil robot hand holding a shopping bag um, filled with body parts. You know, and it's got a little rip in the bag, and you see like I think like a lady's head in the bag. Right. Um, it's borderline not true. I mean, because that like doesn't really happen in the movie. The robots don't even have hands. So, I mean, like, that could not have happened in that movie. But I just loved that art. I mean, the movie's, oh, I mean, the movie's decent. I mean, you know, for, like, a cheesy horror movie. But um, overall, the art is kind of misrepresenting what's happening in there. But it's still good enough where I let it get away. Yeah, I mean. I like, I like that robot hand. 
no one ever got chopped in the shopping mall. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> oh, I mean, got yeah. lasered. Yeah, right. They never got lasered. Yeah, for, I mean, it was. Yeah, the box art is great. I love it too. But yeah, there's no robot. That robots didn't have hands. Correct. They were they they looked like they would have been out of uh Robocop, I feel. Well, they look like weaponized wallies. <laughs> that's yeah. what they look like. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Bigger weaponized wallies, that's what they were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fantastic box art. You know, I, I mean, I I recall that it wasn't even gonna be called Chopping Mall at one point, if I recall correctly. Was it going to be called Laser Mall? <laughs> it was something else. They went with like Chopping Mall just, you know, just because of the play on, you know, the shopping mall, right? Oh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, you're, it's just marketing in the 80s in the era of the video store. So, yes, of course, of course, they made it sound and look good. Right. And I think that was, I think that that was strictly made to sell, not whether it had anything to do with it. Yeah, no, yeah, that box art writes a pretty big check that the movie doesn't really cash, but it gets close enough to it. I'll let it slip. Right. And tagline, buy or die. It, it, <laughs> it had nothing to do with buying. Is yeah. <laughs> that all the murders happened after mall closing hours. So right. No yeah. transactions were made. Right. Right. Um, so the next one for me, uh, Dead Alive, uh, or... What's the other name for the the pizza hat? Not in America. Oh, uh, oh, jeez, they put me on the spot. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was. It's, it's not. We got dead alive, right? Um, you know, but uh, you know the. Why can't I find the poster? It's essentially the skull coming out of the mouth, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's like a woman like spreading her mouth open, and there's like a skull coming. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the image that like when I was, yeah, it's the skull coming out, which, you know, Oh, it's called brain dead. That's right. Brain dead. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's something similar to it. Like it, like you had the idea was kind of there, but something kind of similar happened in the movie, not a skull, but, um, the woman when she's, you know, the, the demonic baby, right actually comes out through her back of her head and comes and her skull splits open and the, you know, the demonic baby or undead baby, whatever you want to call it, comes out of her skull. So that's kind of close. I'd give it that, but it was definitely intriguing enough for me to go, I have to see this movie, you know, and I, I always call dead alive, the New Zealand evil dead. (laughs) I mean that's very fair. That's that that is an accurate depiction. <laughs> because instead of a chancel, what's he use? A lawnmower. It's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Strapped to his chest. Strapped to his chest, yes. I mean it was gory. It was a pretty damn good movie, I think. It is my first injection to Peter Jackson. Yeah, I mean well what other movie has like zombified intestines trying to strangle you? Right. You know, or or the uh the you know rat that create zombies and it's just <laughs> you it know, was a rat it was a it was a rat monkey, or a monkey rat monkey yeah. yeah which peter jackson references in king kong that's one of the crates on king kong of the 2005 remake is that box that's on there which i thought was a good tease but 
you know, also you have the uh, martial art priest that I kick ass for the Lord. I mean, that was, <laughs> that, that scene was fantastic by itself. I wish it had gone on longer, but that box art, you know, clearly I have a, have a theme here of skulls. Right. <laughs> of my it. stuff. It's fair. You know. Um, so what would be a, a third one for you? Uh, third one for me would be Ghoulies. Uh, um, and that's the, the classic one of the little the little toilet goblin, little green guy coming out of the toilet with a knife. Mm-hmm. And it says, they'll get you in the end. <laughs> now, does that happen in the movie? No. Well, no, it does. But uh, the funny part is, is that when they originally made the movie, there was not a scene where they came out of the toilet. And then seeing the the poster and the and the you know marketing people watched it and they're like, hey, this scene doesn't happen. This the, you know, and they're like, well, no, it's just a, you know marketing thing. It didn't happen. And they're like, you need to refilm this and you need to put this in the movie. And they did. Huh. So it it does appear in there, but in the original cut of the movie, it was not. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and then what? Two and three just had more ghoulies coming out of the toilet, so they they stuck with that that motif right yeah i, mean, I think yeah. ghoulies i think ghoulies 2 had like two ghoulies coming and then ghoulies 3 ghoulies go to college so have like degrees and graduation caps on well you stick with what works <laughs> man you stick with what right works. right so i mean what i mean do you think do you think the box art did the movie justice did you did you get what you're expecting because i think it's pretty yeah uppity and i think it portrayed it, pretty it was well. Well, yeah, because it was actually like like a still from the movie. So you got to see how cheesy the effects were on the box. So like you knew what you were getting into and you didn't think this was going to be like, you know, a, a gourmet movie. Right. You knew it was going to be a you know, a B movie. And it, yeah, totally delivered on that. Yeah. Now, I know we have for the fourth one, we have the same thing, right? That's correct. Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Um, now for, I, I love punk music. I love everything with punk, right? And zombies, living dead, you know, obviously kind of skullish again on there for me. <laughs> mm. And it was, I think for me, it was very, it was a very vibrant box art, right? Very colorful punk and, and zombies. And I, I, that that alone made me want to watch it was just the box art itself. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, at that time I thought punks were super cool. I mean, I was, I was too young to be a punk and I, you know, I, I didn't have a Mohawk or anything like that, but I thought punks were super cool. Uh, you know, cause there was, there was a lot of them in that era. of, of uh, But I thought they were super cool. You know, I also liked horror and I liked zombies. So yeah, it was great. It was all these things wrapped up in one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's the 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 two punks, right? You, yeah, it's definitely skulls, and you're you know spray paint return the return of the living dead, you know, and you know the whole we'll have to discuss this in the podcast about the whole living dead aspect of it and what they were able to do, and without getting George Romero involved with the whole living dead thing, right? Well, yeah, I mean, well, you can you can do anything you want with the first movie because it's not copyrighted, right? Right. So, you know, when you saw that, did you did you think because, you know, without pre-internet, did you think this was part of the George Romero? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
well, I, you know, back then you got to realize that anything that has the same naming scheme, like, yes, these are all related. Like, I mean, you know, I was, what, 10? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, to me, if they're named similar, yes, these are all the same things. So if it's, yeah, if it's Night of the Living Dead and then Return of the Living Dead, right? Return insinuates that it's a second or continuation. Right. Um, so, of course, yeah, I thought that's what it was. Right. Now, when did that come out in relation to Day and Dawn? It was... Um, I believe it came out after both of those. Uh, I believe Dawn those was... Were... Yeah, Dawn was 78. Yeah. Day was 85, and this came out 85, so... It, okay, well. So, I mean, by the time we got to it, it makes sense that we thought, hey, this is logically the next one. Right. Um, and that's that's always what I thought. I didn't find out till way later that it wasn't. I remember when I found out, I was like upset. I was like, "Oh, like this isn't a real Living Dead movie. Like, get it away from me." Right. Um, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, a, a couple years later, I was like, I, "I remember that movie being good. Like, let me let me watch it again. Let me see." And it's it's definitely not the same thing as Romero's world, but it's still a good movie on its own. It stands on its own. Right, and I think that's you know Romero, obviously, you know the 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 grandfather of zombies as we know them, right? But I, I you know, Return of the Living Dead, they kind of go, it's not just destroy the brain that any part can still stay alive, right? It's not destroy the brain and it's dead. You're able to chop off the arm, and the arm would still be reanimated, right? Right. Well, and it was also the first movie to to do the whole thing where zombies needed to eat brains. Right. Um, like the original Romero zombies didn't eat brains. They just ate people. They just, you know, that's that's all they did. There was no brain craving involved. Right. Um, and that's, again, when I found out that it wasn't an official Romero thing, I was like, oh, get it away from me. You know, because then everybody was, you know, when everybody jumped on that zombie bandwagon, everybody was like, you know, brains, brains. And I'm like, you don't know real zombies. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I eventually got over that. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, but I was upset about it for a while. You know, I was, I was a zombie purist for a while before I just, you know, stopped caring. When did you stop being a zombie purist? When they got filled with rage from monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, geez, I don't know. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was before I got rid of my VHS collection. So <laughs> it was more than it was more than a decade ago. But yeah, there was a time in there where I was a zombie purist where I was I was very upset when people said brains and they were followed the not Romero zombie rules. I mean, do you think that that part is now so ingrained into society more than Romero's at this point? And that's yeah, I mean, it, it was at that time. I mean, because, you know, people that don't know zombies, they're like, what do they know? Oh, brains. Right. I mean, that's. This is the way you do it. You're like you watch like, you know, zombie pub crawls. You know, what are they always asking for? Brains. Right. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's what they're I mean, that's the thing. It's like the brains thing, even though like Romero kind of, you know, I didn't originate zombies, but at least the flesh eating zombie versions that we have now. Right. He kind of he originated that. Um, and his versions never, you know, use brains at all. They never even talked. Um, but then, you know, this other one comes along, uses the same name, kind of steals the thunder. And then somehow becomes more famous. You know, it's like the imitation becomes greater than the original kind of thing. Right. Um, and like I said, when I was, you know, a purist, I was upset about it. You know, trying <laughs> to trying to educate as many people as I could. And eventually I just, I got over it. It's like, whatever. You know, if, if everybody enjoys it, that's all that. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I completely agree that they capitalize on, you know, the flesh-eating zombies. That was, that was a big thing. 
they didn't care what part they ate and became synonymous for brands. Like even even like you know kid horror movies, if you will, like Paranorman, is they're zombies. What do they want? Brains. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's just that's the that's the trope, right? I think I think that's just always going to be there in forever now. Just kind yeah. of just like you know, anytime you have Dracula, they're making fun of it. They have the Bella Ghosty accent, which is his which was his voice, and that became the stereotypical voice you do for Dracula. Mm-hmm. Even though he was Dracula in one movie, all <laughs> <laughs> right, that was called Dracula. He's vampires in other movies. But, you know, like, you know, uh, Son of Dracula, he doesn't have that accent. And so, yeah, it's just now part of normal everyday life. It's just zombies want brains. What was the original name of Night of the Living Dead? Oh, I know it. Can't think of it right now, though. Night of the Flesh Eaters. That's right. Um, and it was, was apparently already made previous to that. It was a movie that nobody watched, but it was already made. Um, but that was when they originally made the movie and they printed like, you know, everything and they're ready to go. And then somebody at the last minute told them, Hey, this already exists. You need to change the name. So that's when they changed the name. They went back in really fast to the editing room and took off, you know, the name plates that said night of the flesh eaters and put in night of the living dead. And at that point, that's when they forgot to trademark. That's right. when they forgot to put that copyright in there, and that's why they don't have the copyright now. Is when they put the original Night of the Flesh Eaters name in there, it was copyright. It was like trademarked. But when they did the quick switch out, they forgot to put it in there. And so now it's forever open source because all the records that they had to prove that were lost in a flood. Right. But, so now it's just forever open source. But is that for the better or worse from the zombie genre now? Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, that's a good question, right? I mean, how, how are you going to judge that? I mean, every time you're watching a movie and somebody is watching another movie inside of that movie, there's like a, probably a 75% chance that it's Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it's right. almost always there. It's like iconic, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, how much did that popularity keep moving that genre of those movies forward versus how much it did if it wasn't in there? You know, I mean, it's a good question. Who knows? I mean, did they lose a lot of money? Sure, directly, yeah. But, like, you know, because it was open source and so many people use it in so many things, and it grew up from there, who's to say they didn't make more money in the long run? I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, let's face it. In IT, when we have to test downloads, we download neither than that. Yep. I, I, I mean, it's just that's that's what it is, right? <laughs> Not illegal. You can do whatever you want. Right. So, okay. So let's go, you know, box art you know great box art but do you recall anything that had just like amazing box art and the movie was just awful like you so disappointed that you rented it or bought it without seeing it previously yes now (laughs) i I gotta preface this with with the the legend of this movie right because obviously this is pre-internet so this is all word of mouth stuff going around Okay. I heard so many things about this movie about how, oh, it's crazy, man. It's like you'll see stuff that you'll never, you won't believe, right? Yep. Uh, uh, the Faces of Death is the name <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's like this legend. It's like, oh, it's all, they're all real, man. It's like these people are really dying in this movie. And I'm like, what do you mean? Um, 
I remember like, you know, I'd go to the video store and they would never have it. They would never have it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I went to a lot of different video stores and I finally found one that did. And I looked at it and it had the, like the cool skull on it. And it had like the disclaimer warning in the bottom, like, you know, don't watch this if you're, you know, pregnant or if you're squeamish, you know, there's all this horrible things happening. It had the little tag on the side saying like banned in 46 countries, you know, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. It was horrible. It was a <laughs> terrible, stupid movie. Now, there's a few of those, is there not? Yeah, there's like 10. Right. I've only ever watched the first one. I never watched it anymore. I was so disappointed with the first one, I never bothered. But, um, but yeah, that's just, again, the box art was definitely part of it. Because that, I mean, definitely heightened, you know, the intrigue. But, I mean, that legend behind that movie, all the stories that people told yep. me about how crazy it was. It was like it built up. And then I saw that box art, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And I watched it, and it was just, it was, <laughs> it was just terrible. It was like, you know, sad trombone, deflated balloon. Right. I mean, I, I was definitely in the same boat with you. Like, I, I was wrenching stuff. And I'm like, you know what? You know, there's the, there's the faces of death, and I'm like, I just I just had to watch it just to see what all the fuss was about. And I mean, yeah, it was not good. It was almost like I don't know, dude, would you consider like a Serbian film just like a newer version of it? Uh yeah, but I mean at least at least a Serbian film like had a plot. It was a stupid plot, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was just there to shock you, right? Right. But at least, at least there was a, an attempt at a plot. Like Faces of Death, there was no attempt at a plot. It was just like different effects. People were just like, "I'm going to run with this scenario." You know, I'm going to be a satanic cutting off a head. Like, okay, I'm going to be a guy eating a monkey brain. You know, like that's it. There was just these little like disconnected scenes of like, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're an effects person, it might be great. You know, you're just watching different effects. Like it's like. Effects without a movie is essentially what it is. Right. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I completely agree. It's not what I ever expected it to be. So, I mean, so you spent money renting it, and you said you only watched, like, the first two? Um, I only ever watched the first... No, I watched the whole first movie. Okay. Um... I mean, it was, again, I paid the money. I was going to watch it. Yeah. Um. So I watched it, and then, yeah, I, I mean, I took it back in defeat. Like, I was like, ugh, what a waste. You know, I had to ride my bike for, like, you know, 45 <laughs> minutes to get to the video store that had it. Right. But, yeah, that was very disappointing. That's that's fair. Um. For me, I mean, I, the movie's not good it has it's it's a cult classic the box art was amazing and i i I don't know what i was expecting went into it i was one day at uh suncoast and i saw something i go you know what there's like three of them i didn't realize there's three of them attack of the killer tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) i mean it it, it's it's kind of grown on me but like when i first got it like i bought it like I never had seen it. Like, like I think, I think there's the cartoon. I remember the cartoon, which was I believe based off of number two with the guy in the 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 
parachuter with the parachute always on his back, but attacked the killer in Mayo's. Like, I don't know what I was expecting with the title, but the box art looked, you know, it's a giant tomato attacking people. Like, all right, you know, we're going to see maybe some really great effects. No, this like, no, rolling tomatoes, right? <laughs> that was. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's like Night of the Lepus. It was just it's just like footage of rabbits hopping around and then people pretending like they're afraid. That's what the tomatoes were. It's just like people rolling tomatoes and then they're pretending like they're afraid. I mean, I, I, I don't think the movie took itself seriously. I, I think that's I think I was expecting it too, but it's more of a parody at this point, right? Yeah, no, I mean it. They, it knew what it was. It, it's it wasn't like it wasn't trying to be all serious or, or trying to like somehow convince you that this is for real. No, they were. I think they were aware of where they were. Yeah. Um. I mean, and it's not. It's not terrible. I don't hate the movie. I'm not a fan of that movie. But I mean, I respect it for what it is. There's a lot of movies worse, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cut it down. Do you, Do you have anything else on top of your head, or I think I have one more that you can recall? Um. That I was that I was upset by. Yeah, um, not that I can think of. I'm gonna go with Chud. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it was not it was not great. Um, but I mean, like I mean, the cover was kind of cool. It was just well, the cover is know. fantastic, and I think yeah. for me, growing up, I grew up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. You know, I saw the first one in theater. I didn't read the comics, so I didn't know how violent and, you know, it really actually was and stuff like that. But it just, when I saw Chud, I go, you know, this is, it almost looked like, you know, the turtles coming out of the sewer, but that was six years prior. And rewatching it recently, again, I'm just going, this is awful. Like, this <laughs> is, this is awful. And like I said, we discussed on our Jordan Peel stuff that he had that VHS in us, right? Kind of alluding to it, but I'm like, Chud's awful. Like, there's good names in there that we, you know, come find out later that we didn't, I don't think we knew him at that point in time, right? Um, you know, we had dad from Home Alone, we had one of the wet bandits in there, hmm. you know, and it was just. <sighs> Like, I think Chud is also parodied without people knowing what it really is, right? So, well, it's it's because it had a good name. Right. It had a, it had a good name, and it and it drew people in because it had, you know, periods between the letters. So they're like, what the hell does that mean? Again, it's just a little mystery that people get, you you know, more piqued about watching. Right. You know, the, the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. <laughs> right. I mean, it... Like I said, I think it's bad. I mean, oh, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, the movie is bad, but yeah. I mean, again, yeah, that's that's the cover art that writes a big check that that movie does not cash at all. Right. <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm I'm sure there's more that we just if we went back and like, yeah, that was that was bad, but yeah, definitely off stuff. You know, just thinking like, yeah, for me, best stuff that was just awful, punk run. Now there's one, there's one that I, looking back, I've never seen the movie. To be fair, um, but a lot of people have said that this is a very, very bad movie. But I never watched it, and that was because the cover art was so terrifying to me that I could never bring myself to to watch it. I could never even bring myself to pick up the box. 
Really? Okay. I couldn't even touch the box. Um, well, I, uh, yeah, like, you know I me, mean? I'm terrified of big bugs, right? Yep. <laughs> so the movie is The Nest. Ooh. Now, the cover is, you know, it's, it's your typical 80s, like, you know, drawn art cover of a giant cockroach um, that's, like, attacking a scantily clad woman. Okay, and the cockroach is, like, almost as big as she is. Yep. It's huge. Yep. It's terrifying, okay? I, I, again, I would, like, avoid the shelf that it was on. Like, the whole row that it was on, I would just try to move around it because I was, I was always terrified of bugs, so I never, ever watched it. But from what I've heard, people say it's a terrible, terrible movie. They say the only good thing about it is there's, like, a, a neat effect of, like, a half-human, half-cockroach hybrid in there. But they said the rest of the movie is trash. So it kind of counts because it probably is a bad movie. I was just too scared to watch it. Don't think I've ever watched that movie. Yeah, I don't think anybody has. <laughs> but I just remember that box art again. That's because it burned into my memory because I was terrified of bugs. But yeah. So I mean, so obviously, you know, the, you're talking about the scene of the, the half human, half cockroach. Is it? Do you think it's close to like what we got in one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, where she turns into the the cockroach? I know you don't like that scene. I don't like to think about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably it's probably something similar. I didn't I've never watched the nest. I don't plan on ever watching the nest. Um, but I mean if I ever get brave one day, maybe I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. So do you best surprise do you think do you have of the box art, you know, past past or present that you just base off of the artwork? that was just like an amazing movie for you. Like what do you think was the best surprise for you? Okay. Um, this is not going to be a surprise to you at all, <laughs> but the best surprise for me is hardware, the Richard Stanley hardware, because if you look at the cover of it, right. Yeah. The VHS cover of it just looks like every other generic kind of actiony or, you know, sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. doesn't look like anything special, but back, you know, in that era when I was a kid, I watched every single one of those movies. I mean, even if they were terrible, I loved them because I was super into, you know, sci-fi. I was super into, you know, sci-fi action horror. Those three things combined as, as those, you know, best movies ever. And so of course that movie fits all the, all three of those things. So I was like, Oh, I need to watch this. And I watched it and it was, it blew me away. It was so far beyond what it advertised. It had so many more elements than it advertised. Um, Again, it's one of my very favorite movies. Uh, but yeah, I just rented it, assuming it was going to be another one of those, you know, Predator <laughs> ripoffs, you know. Because <laughs> if you look at it, it kind of looks like, you know, the, um, you know, the, the infrared vision, you know, kind of looking, you know, of, of, of his face, right? Um, and then it's just got a couple of, like, generic scenes from the movie in there, uh, you know, trying to make it look like a cool sci-fi, you know, post-apocalyptic thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that movie again it it just it does a lot more stuff than it needs to do and it does it really well i mean it just you know the the world building the all the background stuff that's happening in that movie is just phenomenal it blew me away at the time and it's still great now i mean yeah i can i can definitely see that and you know i i didn't watch it up i never saw it until a couple of years ago when we watched it together then i'm just like mm-hmm. wow this i don't know how i missed this like we discussed it it was what 1990 when it came out ish 91 
Yeah, and, around there. and it's just that was before my time of it being able to rent it. And I think by the time I was able to rent movies, it wasn't there. So it never crossed my path that I can ever recall. Um, yeah, and it, it never released in the DVD era. Right. Um, they never had a DVD of it. So like that whole DVD era, it was just not there. Um, and then it missed most of the Blu-ray era. They did eventually finally release it on Blu-ray. Um, eh, not that long ago, within the last, you know, 10 years or something. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, but they finally re-released it and it was, it was great. They did a good job on the Blu-ray one. But yeah, the, the furthest it got was, was Laserdisc. They did have a Laserdisc version of it, but it never made it to it. And you have a Laserdisc, right? I do. Yeah. Yes. I, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind it. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it was a it was a good movie. I said I think we we're gonna discuss Richard Stanley's movies at some point. I know you're a huge fan. I am. So, um, for me, I mean, I can easily say Evil Dead. You know, the the box art it intrigued me, and obviously, it's the number one movie horror movie for me anyway. Um, just because it was like, I think when I was exploring, it just seemed so out of place. It seemed like very indie and for what it was, especially when it came out, you know, made late seventies, took years to get released. Um, and obviously it just blew me away. Like it, it, to me, it was what horror movies should be. So I'll, I'll put that one there, but the one of the first DVDs I remember renting that had an interesting box art that I absolutely love to this day is the 99 remake of House on Haunted Hill. Um, it was my first introduction to, you know, uh, Dark Castle Productions. You know, I had seen Vincent Price stuff, but for a remake, it, to me, it was amazing. Like, Jeffrey Rush was Vincent Price. And I know I said that before. He could have just redone everything Vincent Price did, but that movie for a remake, I think, was it hands down probably one of the best remakes that exists. If you can consider most remakes good, yeah, I'll give you that. It was yeah, it was, it was definitely in the upper tier. Yeah, so I mean that that was those those two. Uh, obviously, Evil Dead came first for me, but. Yeah, those those two definitely some of the best surprises I think I I had just for box art. <clears throat> Let's we'll move on to our next talking point is you know we're, we're talking about the old school way that we would pick up movies, right? Box art. We discussed in your previous episodes. You know, do you feel that with streaming services like Netflix and Shutter that we have? it's kind of the similarity that we have now, right? That we can kind of look at the box art. We can get a synopsis. We can kind of see a trailer. Uh, you know, do you feel like this is, it's similar to what we had growing up for picking horror movies? Um, I mean, technically it's better, right? Um, because, you know, like you said, you can play the trailer, you can, you know, see the little stinger thing, right? You know, where you know, yeah. depending on what service you're in, you like hover over it and it'll give you a little scene from the movie or whatever. Um, like I said, technically it's 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 better because there's more to it. There's the there's you know more 
more things that give you an idea of what you're going to watch, right? Right. So in theory, it should be better. In practice, for me, it's worse. Right. Because like I have, there's like, there's so many options that I don't know. I have no idea. I don't. I have no idea what <laughs> what to watch. <laughs> you know, like when you're in the video store, you know, it's like you got the you know your limited options, right? Um, and then like even the movies you did want to watch, sometimes they wouldn't be there, right? So then you got like, okay, you're like you know down to this smaller subsection of movies that you want to watch that are actually there to watch. So it was a lot easier to make a choice. Now it's like, geez, you know, which one of these you know million movies do I want to watch? And I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. So in theory, it's better because, you know, yeah, you have the same thing where you have, you know, basically the box art, which is the cover picture, right, for the movie when you click on yep. it. You, you click on it, you get the synopsis, right? That's the same synopsis that used to be on the back of the of the thing. Um, like I said, it's even, even further now. Like I said, you got the little stinger, gives you a scene from the movie or a little mini trailer, or you can go into it and watch the real trailer. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot. You should be able to make a choice, you know, with a more educated choice. Um, and I just, yeah, I can't, I'm bad at it. I mean, I, I, I would, I would consider like stinger, like, cause yeah, we have the great box arts. You have the great fronts, right? The back would have typically images stills from the movie. Right. So you're able to get a little bit of information, like, you know, Hellraiser, we're able to see, you know, it had a picture of, like the Sentinel bites on it. You have a better picture of you know, Freddie or Jason, you know, because, you know, the box art for Nightmare on Elm Street was Nancy with the, you know, blanket up to her eyes, and you had the misrepresented five claw, the five blade finger, which he only has four, but, you know, you're able to get clips from the boxes, right? Um, If you're able to see the back of the box. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. We're, it's almost too much information. It's I, I'm finding it harder to pick up new movies, even stuff that's old that I may have missed. It, it it's like it's you you had your limited, what maybe fifty horror movies at your at your video store growing up, and if you know you went through them, you just have to wait for new ones, or you have to go to a different video store where they might have different copies of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And you could almost argue, like, you know, Shudder is putting out good stuff, right? You know, the VHS, last two VHSs have been on Shudder. Um, you know, we had Prey that came out on Hulu. Netflix, you know, we have some horror movies made just, you know, strictly for Netflix. Um, we had some of the Welcome to the Bloom Houses that were only on Amazon. And for me, I'd find that information, but it's harder for me to go back and try to find stuff I may have missed growing up on the streaming services. And I don't know a good way to remedy it other than making lists, list, listen to other people's podcasts or, or descriptions of movies like, you know, what culture horror where, you know, they briefly discuss the movie and I go, this looks interesting. If there's going to be a spoiler, I try to turn it off before I hear anything about it. Um, and for me, like the video on demand is not any different than the straight to home release, the VHS or straight to DVD. Stuff that never made it into theaters that, you know, I think it's very similar that we have the stuff on like Shudder that you have the B grade, you have the C grade horror movies. It's to me, it's the same. 
What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, and, and again, I think that's um, a big part of that's your, your the little millennium part of your brain that you, that you still have. <laughs> um, it's for me, it's it's just so hard to like search for things in the digital world like that. I don't, I don't know. It's very, very hard <laughs> for me. Like I said, technically, it's better. I know it's better from a technology standpoint, from an option standpoint. It's better. It's better. It's better all around. It's just it's not the same for me, and I just can't. I can't progress past that. I can't like adapt. I mean, I am obviously I, I do still watch a lot of movies and stuff, but um, it's just, yeah, it's if I, if I'm trying to watch something and I don't know what to watch, I probably won't pick anything because right. I'll be looking at trailers and looking at movies. And then I look at the clock and I've been doing it for like two hours. Okay. And now I got, you know, and now it's like, it's too late to watch the movie. So like, okay, well, I'll have a better educated choice next time, I guess. <laughs> it's it's more equivalent to channel surfing now, as we discussed before. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you know, do you do you want to go back to would you go back to the video store? Would you go back to like a red box to just you know, the original Netflix where you would pick the DVD and get it shipped to you, right? You know, it, what would you your preferred method to go back and watch stuff that you may have missed um i don't know yeah i mean like i don't want to go back to the video store like i don't want to have to go somewhere before i want to watch a movie and that's my you know modern (laughs) technology (laughs) laziness now um i know it's contradictory to me complaining about having too many options (laughs) i get that but yeah i don't want to go back to the store right i mean i don't i mean redbox is pointless i never i've never used redbox it's like because again it's just it's like going to a streaming box to pick a physical movie. I mean, you, again, you don't get anything more out of that box than you do out of, you know, looking on you know, the streaming service. Right. Um, well, I mean, I think the only thing that would be great for me is if, like, somebody, like, curated me a list. Like, <laughs> here, you should watch these movies. You know, these are the movies. If you've never watched them, you should. And, and again, and I seek those things out. You know, like, I, I go online and, I, you know, I look at, you know, lists that people make of like, you know, greatest, you know, movies, you know, horror movies for this, for that, you know, for whatever genre, years, whatever. Um, and yeah, and then I try to like, you know, okay, that's cool. And if, if like, you know, more than one person says this is a good movie and I haven't seen it, then I'll watch it. Right. Um, but yeah, just like looking at a list of movies, like I've made so many bad choices, which I think everybody has because there's just so many. Right. right? And marketing is good enough to where it looks good, <laughs> you know, because they're trying to sell you on that. Hey, look at this picture and this synopsis and this little trailer. It looks good, right? And you started it. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's really all they have to put their money into is to get you interested enough to click on it. Right. And that's all that that's all I care about. There's a lot of studios that literally that's all they care about. Now, do you think as our, as our, our podcast progresses that we will have to we're going to force ourselves to change that. Like we may have to go back, go to the list. We may have to even browse and try to find new stuff. Right. You know, every once in a while, like I, I like to watch, watch what culture war and they discuss stuff. And I will go, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I knew, do need to walk Jack in the box one and two <laughs> or, um, the terrifier, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like word of mouth at this point, or, you know, I don't know. Did you ever with, with renting movies, we had trailers on them, right? 
Did you ever go through and go, hey, I'm renting this movie. They probably put trailers that might appeal to me and then go kind of down that path of I'm going to watch the movies that the trailers were in this rental. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when I was a kid, that was how I learned about a lot of movies, you know, because I didn't, you know, I didn't like have magazines or anything like telling me what upcoming movies were coming out. You know, it was just like you go to the video store and you see what came out. I mean, obviously, you know, as I got older, you know, I would know where to look to find the movies. But when you're a kid, I was, I didn't know. Right. Did you I just see them when they came on? That was it. Do you trust the algorithm to tell you you may also like after watching one of these movies? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You don't think it knows you no. well enough? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I mean, again, if, if I know what I'm looking for and it says, oh, you know, hey, you might want to watch this. And that's the next movie that I want to watch. That's like directly related to this one in some way. Hey, that's great. Thank you for you know making me not have to search for it. But if it's some movie I don't know, no, I don't trust. No, get out. Of here. I don't <laughs> trust that stuff. I don't trust that stuff as far as I can tell. Right. So, I guess the question is, you know, I feel with, you know, when we had to give physical money to the video stores, you know, did you feel obligated, no matter how bad the movie was, to watch it completely? Um, from the video store, absolutely yes. I mean, like I said, faces of death. I was done like after the first little vignette right i was like ah, this sucks but you know i paid my whatever two dollars right uh, which is again for me that's for me that's a lot right right so yeah it's like that's like almost the gi joe guy back then <laughs> um so yeah like i mean yeah i would i would watch that thing all the way to the end and like i said i brought it back in defeat like here it is i brought it back <laughs> <clears throat> Now, do you have, I mean, because uh, I'm a completionist. Um, well, I may not watch everything and say I have to finish it, even now. You know, do you, and I think the problem was, like, you know, you're, ha- you're handing over your, your hard-earned physical dollars, and now that we pay for streaming, it's just kind of taken out. We just don't really think about it. You know, do you feel like you, when you start watching a movie, do you watch it all the way through still? I do. I do. And, and the reason I do is because um, I, I go by the philosophy of you can't truly appreciate what's good unless you also experience what's bad. So, like, I mean, I have my favorite movies that I absolutely love. Right. Right. But like if I only watch good movies, you know, that the, <laughs> the level of that movie being great is that much lower. Right. Because there's such a smaller gap between great and just good. Right. Now, if I'm watching my great, my favorite movies, and I'm also watching like the worst movies ever made, now there's a wide margin. Now I really love my movie because it's so far above this terrible movie. I just I feel like I get more enjoyment out of good stuff if you also expose yourself to bad stuff. I mean, that's I I, I agree with that. You know, it's kind of why I still go um, back to the cheese. Like I. It really just depends what mood I'm in. Do I want to watch? If I'm picking a horror movie, we tend to pick the wife and I tend to pick horror movies a lot. Um, we go, do we want a scary movie? Do we want, you know, a good movie? Do we want to watch something stupid, something cheesy, something to turn off our brains and just watch, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I do you go back and watch the cheese? 
Um, I do. I mean, you know, like sometimes, well, sometimes you don't even realize you are watching cheese and so you turn on and you're like, okay, this is cheese. You know, like sometimes it doesn't advertise itself that. Right. I mean, basically what I do is, yeah, I, I will always, well, I'm not going to say always 99% of the time I will finish a movie. Now, um, depending on how bad it is, I may lose interest enough to start doing other shit while that movie is on. Right. <laughs> you know, I may be like, Oh, let me look up this thing on the internet or, you know, Oh, let me, you know, go, you know, do something else. Oh, Oh, I forgot. I, I, got, I can sew a button on my pants, you know? <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, you know, but I'm doing that. I mean, the movie is still on, I'm still kind of watching it, but if it gets to the point where it's so bad that I really can just disconnect from it and not care, I won't turn it off, but I'll do other shit. You know, so you like, oh, oh, I got some Legos that I can go build. <laughs> like, why don't I build those Legos while I'm watching this terrible movie that I don't really care about? But I won't turn it off. So it becomes background noise. Correct. Which but that's only like, that's only if it gets bad. If it's if it's good or even average, I will it'll keep my attention. I will watch it. I mean, do you? Yeah. But I mean, do you think there's any you can think of any examples where you just like, I shouldn't watch this. I'm not watch this. And there's something good at the end. You know, sometimes the cheese surprises you, right? Um, right. Like, was it? I, I think well, something I watched very recently was Dead Snow. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen okay. that. Okay, I have actually. That was awful. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. The premise seemed good, and it, it, it came up. I'm pretty sure I watched it on uh, Netflix. The premise seemed good. I'm like, all right, all right, we're watching it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. But I had to finish it. Now, the wife will start pulling out her phone and, and stuff like that. Um, I I have not. Uh, I think there's another one. There's also Red Snow that came out last year. Have you seen Red Snow? No. I don't believe so. Is Dead Snow is that the that's Nazis, the one with the zombie Nazis, Nazis, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 there's two of them, I believe. Yeah. Well, I only want to watch the first one. That was in my my zombie purist stage because I think that came out in like 2010. Yeah. 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 Red Snow is yeah. a struggling vampire romance novelist must defeat defend herself against real life vampires during Christmas at Lake Tahoe. And there's like four <laughs> things that will make me not watch that movie you just described. Yeah, that came out. One, one is anything that says young adult and vampire in the same sentence. I'm done. <laughs> it, nope. it just came out December. Oh, man. It was nope. uh, like, I don't remember what it was, but like the poster is pretty good for it. I was I was intrigued by it. It was awful. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it was. It felt like uh, Twilight meets Thirty Days of Night. Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, realistically, that's what it was. And I'm like, this is this is just awful, just awful. But you know what? I'm watching it all the way through. And again, I well, I, I mean, you said Twilight, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give this little tidbit away is like when when twilight first came out right everybody was talking about twilight yeah right i knew i hated it i had never read the book. <laughs> i had never watched the movie i knew i hated it. i 
absolutely just I already hated it, but everybody was talking about it. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna try to watch the first movie. I'm gonna see what this is all about. I'm gonna see just how bad this is. Right. Right. And yeah, I started watching it and I don't even think I was like ten minutes into the movie when I was already like catching myself doing other things in the room. Like I was just not interested at all. It was that bad. Again, but I did not turn it off. <laughs> that movie stayed on all the way to the end. Um, but I was doing all kinds of other things. I never left the room or anything. Right. I was always in the room, but I was doing all kinds of other stuff. Um, just because, yeah, it's, it's just it's terrible. It's bad. I mean, yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that's what I do with movies when they're bad. Is I won't turn them off, but I'll to I'll start tuning out. I, I was I'm paying attention enough to know the major gist of what's going on. Right. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not as involved as I would be if it was a decent movie. Yeah, I mean, I watched Twilight normally th- once through with the wife, I think that girlfriend at the time. I don't remember how old that movie is at this point. Um, every, if I rewatch it again, it is with Rift Tracks, hands down. You know, I won't. Watch. I don't <laughs> care if it's a Rift Tracks or not. I'm not watching it again. I've done it once. I don't need to do it again. You know, I, I don't know if you have ever watched any... I mean, obviously, we grew up with MSC3K, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Rift Tracks exists as well. And I'm part of the uh, Rift Tracks friends where, you know, spooky season, they put out Rift Tracks to really bad horror movies, one of them being Jack Frost. Now, uh-huh. Jack Frost, I recall renting it because it sounded amazing, and... The, the one with Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why that's why I read that. Yeah. Um and it's something I will rewatch. I'll watch it normally and I'll watch it with with you know part of Rift Tracks friends. Um it's just like I said, it, it's such cheese. Such cheese that I have to watch it. Like I said, it, it really just depends if I want cheese or if I want good. <laughs> it usually well, varies it, it, for me. Yeah. That movie was really funny because it came out very closely, like related. I don't remember; it must have been within a year or two, either way. I think it's the same of the year, other same year. Yeah, the other Jack Frost movie, starring like Michael He's, Keaton, right. as the as the adorable, lovable snowman, right? But it was like so close together that it was like I I think I thought it was the same movie for a minute, until I realized what it was. But I, I mean, but again, they came out so close together. I think that was why it always stuck out. In my well, I think that the most recent one I can recall for that was Frozen. Because you have the Frozen Disney, and then you have the Frozen with Iceman with the ski lift. I don't know if you ever watched that. Nope. Uh, you should watch, I, haven't watched, I haven't watched either one of those movies. You should watch the one with Iceman, uh, because it's about a group of people that are on a ski lift, and the ski lift breaks down, and they're stuck there, and trying to get off of it, and being in, like... You know, a blizzard and trying to get off, and it is pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, it's. I remember discussing with people; they always get the confusion. And I think the same thing happens with Jack Frost, right? Right. Um. So I know we. I know we briefly discussed picking out new movies. Now, right? You know, it, we we mm-hmm. we discussed it a lot off off the podcast. We you know, constant communication. It's it's pretty much word of mouth and, and trailers now, but. You know, besides that, how else do you do you find yourself going and trying to find new horror movies besides that to to go watch? How do you typically do it? 
Um, me, I usually I don't just like blindly look at a list of movies and decide which ones I want to watch because uh, I've had really bad luck doing that. Um, I usually I'll wait till somebody like mentions it. I'll wait till somebody says, hey, this is a good movie. You should watch it. Or, you know, if there's like an article where somebody talks about, oh, this, you know, this is interesting in this movie or, you know, you know, this like a particular director or, you know, if an actor is in it or something, you know, something like that. So it's going to kind of like tie me to it in some way. But yeah, like I said, usually I'll have to get, um, usually I like to do at least two or three, you know, whether I see it in an article or if somebody mentions it to me, I get a couple of those and I'll be like, okay, now I'll watch that movie. Because, you know, enough people have told me about it to where I think it's going to be good enough to watch. Um, or at least, you know, experience. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, if it's just, yeah, just going in blind, I very rarely ever do. But was, I mean, I have such a backlog of movies that I should have watched anyway that I really don't, I don't need to go in blind and look for something to watch. I just go to the list that I have and watch some from there. Right. I know you, I know you keep a list of stuff to watch. I should too, because I forget mm-hmm. of stuff. Of I do to too. Watch. Yeah. Really, that's, that's why I started making lists because there was a lot of things that I forgot. I, it was especially with shows. I mean, because, you know, with the lockdown and everything, there was just so many shows that I was like, oh, I should go back and watch this, right? So I was like going back and watching it, and then I was forgetting about newer shows. And then people are asking me later on, oh, did you watch this show? I'm like, oh, wow, I totally forgot. About it. You know, like it, it kept happening. There's so many things that like it was a couple of years later where I would remember a show that I completely forgot to watch that I really wanted to watch. I'm like, Man, this is like I need to do something. So that's when yeah, I start making I have a physical list. It's literally it's it's on a post-it note right next to me right now. Nice. Where I have every every show that I've I've wanted to watch, you know, whether it's been referred to me or I've watched parts of it and want to watch the rest of it. Um, yeah, all that stuff is at a physical list. It's not numbered or anything. I just you know, I just pick one when I'm looking for something. Right. Um, but yeah, I also have one for movies too. Um that one's in the in the other room with the TV because I don't need right. that. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, I mean so it's like yeah, when I'm looking for something to watch, I just go to the list <laughs> and then watch something on that list. I don't ever need to go in blind. But again, if people tell me, Hey, you should watch this movie, I'll put it on the list. And if it sounds interestingly enough, you know, I'll I'll watch that next. Right. You know, that, that again, the list is not in any particular order. It's not like, you know, a, a Netflix queue where it's how it used to be with the numbers and you have to watch them in that order. No, it's like I can move my queue around whenever I want and watch it. You know, if, if one sounds interesting over another, otherwise I just keep, you know, working through that list. Right. I mean, that's obviously good for for new movies, right? Do you do you do anything special to try to find stuff in the past? Like 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s? I mean, obviously, as we're as we do this, we're probably going to find more stuff to, to, that we miss and watch. But do you ever mm-hmm. go back and look for older movies? Um, I don't like just go back and just start looking through old movies to see if there's any that I find enjoying. But again, like I said, like looking through articles, you know, people talking about you know movies, you know, all the you know, there was like they're influenced by this or this is a remake of this you know, whatever, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I never watched the original. Maybe I should go back and watch it, and I'll put them on the list. Okay. I, was, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I see all these things, you know, new or old doesn't matter. The list has got, you know, movies ranging from the 30s to today. I mean, it's it's all over the place. Um, it's just these are the movies that I want to watch. <laughs> so when I have a moment to watch a movie, this is, you know, I just pick one from the list and go. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I get them from all over the place. But, yeah, I mean articles you know like top 10 lists you know, right. you know and people put up like you know top 100 you know 
in movies of all time. I, you know, I look at that whole list and I see if I've watched all those movies. Or right. Um, now, obviously, when we're doing this, we're we're going back and rewatching stuff, and even watching stuff for the first time. You know, I we we touched on this before. I know you're you're kind of a one and done horror movie person, right? You don't typically have go back and rewatch things, do you? No, I don't. The only the only time I do is if I think somebody's going to ask me questions, about <laughs> it. or or if it's something you know, if I like you know. If I want, if I want to remember more about it, you know, like if there's a new one coming out, you know, and I want to remember the rest of them, and I haven't seen them in a while, I'll watch them to get ready for the new one. Um, but in general, I don't usually have to go back and watch them because I usually remember enough of the movie to not matter. So, I mean, for for me, I think we discussed before, like when the Friday the Thirteenth comes out, comes around calendar wise, I tend to rewatch Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween. I rewatch all the Halloween movies. Um. You know, I I rewatch Trick or Treat every year around Halloween. Uh, I watch Krampus and Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas uh, around Christmas time. Um, so you don't really have a kind of like I guess I have a ritual, right? I have these things that I watch at this certain point in time, or even when a new one comes out, like you know, with the uh, uh, new VHS that we're recovering, new Halloween. I will go and rewatch the other stuff first. Like when the new Candyman came out, I rewatched the other Candyman movies before I watched the new one. Is that something you do, or am I just kind of the oddball for that? Um, no, it, like it, it's something that I would like to do. I just generally, like you know, I'll sit down to watch a movie and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, the new Candyman's out. I'll watch that." You know, but it's not like, "Oh, I can't watch it yet. I have to watch these other movies again first. No. If I have the time, if I'm if I'm leading up to it, if it's something I'm excited about, like, oh, I should really watch these again. So I'm in that mindset to watch this new one. I definitely will. But if it's, you know, if it's something that, I just, oh, you know, I need the movie to watch right now. Oh, I watched the new Candyman. You know, do I need to go back and watch Farewell to the Flesh before I watch it? No, I don't. I don't need to do that. I mean, so do you have a, any particular horror movie that you do watch often? I know, obviously you have favorite um, horror movies, but I just don't know how often you typically go back and watch them. Well, I mean, Hardware is, is, is a horror movie. <laughs> I go back and I watch that uh, every once in a while. I watch the Aliens um, every once in a while. Aliens, I mean, Predator. I mean, basically, I mean, anything if it's like sci-fi horror, I, I usually kind of rewatch them every couple few years. Okay. But you would you say that your rewatches are more when someone hasn't watched it before? And you you sit down with them and watch it. Usually, yeah. Usually, it's like, oh, I've never seen that movie, and it's like, come here, you need to sit down. Right. I'm going to put this movie on. Right. Like, so, I mean, they can leave. I'm not holding them against their will. They can leave if they want. Right. I mean, if they want to be friends with me, they need to. Be <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I said, well, I don't know, a couple of years ago, we watched you know Hardware, right? Never seen it. Um, yeah, we watched. We watched three from hell together, yeah, which was just bizarre. Correct. Uh, right. That's a good word. For it. That's a good word. For we'll we'll, we'll discuss the works of Rob Zombie at some point in time. <laughs> um, like I said, I just I just rewatch the same stuff, like at certain points of the year, and then everything else I try I try to fill in and and do it. I I probably watch, not including this podcast. <laughs> I probably watch hmm. one or two horror movies every weekend. 
quite honestly. And not like I said, I I would love to rewatch. Like I mean, I, my favorite movies and stuff. I would love to rewatch them all the time. I just again with these lists, I have so many things to watch. I don't have time to rewatch stuff. Like if I can still remember the gist of the most of what happened in that movie, I'm not going to go back and watch it. Obviously, if we're doing podcasts or something, I want it fresh in my head, so I'm going to rewatch it. Right. But like in general, in my real life, like um if you know do i really need to rewatch uh you know all of the nightmare on elm streets in my normal life like am i gonna have a conversation with it you know probably not <laughs> um so i just don't you know i still remember basically what happens in them and that's that's good enough for me unless again i'm gonna be having a, a conversation specifically about them then yes i will rewatch. Them. right so um you know i introduced you to the in search of darkness right i had yeah uh-huh. I, I i'm pretty sure you heard of them I heard of them briefly beforehand. Um, and they're, you know, they're good for four and a half hour documentaries. You know, uh, I know we briefly touched this on other episodes. Um, watching these, it made me make a list, right? I go, I've never seen these movies. I kind of need to go back and watch these. Do you think, do you think documentaries like that or like, uh, what's another one that recently came? recently i found was like the slasher one right mm-hmm. slashers i think i'm pretty good on um but like in search of darkness and i know you know number three is coming out you know that watching that did that make you want to go back and say hey i missed this and then go watch them um yeah yeah because like like i said it's like um you know i i go back and you know i've been looking at articles and stuff but i mean documentaries are, are just as good if not better because you know it's there's there's more mediums happening at the same time um, but it's, uh, you know, people tell you, oh, like, you know, these old movies are good. Like, here's the reasons why they're good. Here's the people that were involved in them telling you why they're good. You know, and you're like, okay, like, yeah, this is this is interesting. I need, I want to watch this movie for these reasons, right? Because they give you reasons to be interested in why that movie is special or at least interesting. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, after watching those, both those documentaries, because I think I watched them both in, in the same weekend. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I, I got a second post-it note and stuck it on top of the original one that I had that was just movies from that um, documentary. Um, like I said, that documentary also ta- taught me that I didn't actually watch Reanimator. I watched From Beyond, right. which is, again, looks exactly the freaking same, but it's two different movies, and I didn't know that until I watched that, which is very recent. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I still have um, stuff on that list that I'm working through. I mean, I, I'm probably only halfway through the list of of movies that were on that um, documentary that, you know, I was like, Oh, those are interesting enough that I want to watch. Yeah. I mean, do do you feel like I'm watching these? I go, I missed a lot. Like I missed a lot more than what I realized, you know, because I was later in the game to it. You know, is there, is there anything that that kind of sticks out in your head? They're like, I wish I watched this growing up that you just, you're, you know, blown your mind at that point in time versus now, you know, we're looking at 42 to, you know, 33 years later at this point. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't really feel bad that I didn't watch or experience those things because I mean, literally no one is going to experience all those things unless you're like in the industry, right? You got like Fangoria editors, like, of course they've seen every freaking horror movie, right? That's their job. They have to. If they, they wouldn't be good at their job if they didn't have have all of that history going into 
you know, bad job. You know, so they have all of these things to compare it to. You know, like I mean, actresses and actors and and movie, you know, directors and producers that were involved in that time period. Of course, they're going to have more knowledge and experience than we do because that's their job. Right? They have to not only know their own movies, but they have to know what other people are making to know where the industry is moving. Right? So that's like that's their thing. That's what they do. So of course, they're going to be into it. So I mean, all the people that they're interviewing in this documentary are all people that are insiders. Okay. And that's, it's good for us because they're giving us all kinds of information and, you know, again, giving me a list of movies that oh, I may have missed and, you know, I may not have heard of and watched, you know, and they're giving me reasons why I should watch these things. And that's great, but I don't feel bad for not being involved in that. Or I don't, I don't feel like I missed something because I wasn't there because of course you're going to miss it. That's not like your primary thing. Right. I mean, you don't sit around and watch horror movies all day. You got to work and shit. Right. So of course, you're, of course you're not going to be as involved as they were. So. Right. I don't feel bad about it. I just try to fill in the gaps where I can. Right. I said, for me, it's just like, I, I, I want, I want them to continue the search darkness. I want them to go into the nineties as well. They, they, they briefly touch on it, uh, you know, with, you know, talking about interviewing the actor actresses or the director and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's, it's a good list. Um, I said, what culture horror top tens, you know, I, I try to go through that stuff and that, help, that helps determine what I'm going to watch maybe for that weekend is try to find, you know, where I can watch it. Um, and realistically now, even with, you know, the laser disc hunting and stuff like that, if there's, you know, me, if it's a horror movie, whether it's in there or not, I'm probably going to get it just because <laughs> I still have, I like, so I have that desire to watch as much horror as I possibly can. It is my favorite genre, sci-fi being second. Um, I know sci-fi is probably primary for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is, but I mean, I've, I'm still interested enough in horror where I've watched a lot, and I, you know, I enjoy it a great deal. Right. But but I watch a lot of movies and TV shows, <laughs> so my secondary is still a lot more than most people's primaries. Right. So it's okay. Yeah. So if there's if there's something you could rewatch or watch the first time based, you know, sticking to the box art and we discussed this, I know there's something mm-hmm. that you want to discuss is something you want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, is there what one thing that would you want to go back and or not go back, but watch now and, and kind of, you know, say, you know, I should have watched this or the box art remind me of something that I just never got around to watching. Uh, yes, yes, there is. There's one that I remember. I saw this box art. I don't know, thousands of times, probably. I mean, I, I saw it a lot of times. I'm like, hey, that looks pretty cool. But I just never watched it. I just never rented it. You know, something else was always better or more interesting or whatever. Um, and that would be House, the, the original House, which is, you know, the box art of that is that like the, the floating zombie hand, like ringing the doorbell on the house. Right? Yeah. Like it's, I think it's like ding dong, you're dead yep. or something. Yep. Right. So it's yeah, that, it was a really cool box art you know and i was like oh they like i really should watch that and i just never i just never did i never got around to it you know and a lot of people have talked to me about it over the years like oh it was a great movie right and i'm like i don't know i never watched it but like a lot of people have said like this is a good movie you should watch it and i just never have so <laughs> if i have to pick one that i need to like you know remembering you know looking at this box art stuff reminded me that i need to go watch house <laughs> and and i will and that's that's the one that i'm gonna go watch is 
is the original house, which I have never seen. So I will do. Have you seen any of the houses? No, there's four of them. Third one's not technically a house story. Well, you know me, man. I I have to start from the beginning. I can't watch house four (laughs) if I haven't watched house one, two, and three. Like I can't, I can't jump in halfway through something. Right. I have to watch it from the beginning, which, um, well, I've told you about it. It's hard. Like when you're listening to podcasts, because you're like, oh, this is, this is a cool podcast. Like, when did they start? 10 years ago. So you have like a thousand episodes because I don't, I don't like to start like mid thing. Like, oh, this is their newest one. This is their best one. But like, yeah, but, but I need to know from the beginning. Like, I need to know how they got here. I need to see the journey. Right. So that's hard for me to start on new things if they have like a million episodes. Yeah. House for me were special orders from overseas on DVDs when I wanted them because I, I, I think I watched House. It had been on Sci Fi or Monster Vision or something like that. I originally had watched it in the nineties, and like the DVDs, House One and especially House Two, so hard to find. Like they were had to go to the borders and special order them, and I paid like forty dollars for the DVD. Wow! Just because it's like it was that hard to find, and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I, again, at every video store I think I ever went to in that era, like House was there. I remember, like I said, I saw that box art all the time, and it was one of those things that was always like, "Oh yeah, I should rent that." And then something else always distracted me. I always went to something else, and I never went to that one. But I always remembered the box art. I just never, never got to it. Right. Yeah. Um, something that I recently, uh, recently, probably in the last two ish years, uh, especially for lockdown, that I always saw the box art that I had. That I'm like, you know what? I never watched these. I don't know why I never watched them. Demons. Or not, not, <laughs> not the demons. Not the demons. Oh, not the demons, demons okay, right? Yeah. You know, with, with the uh, Jessica. Was it Jessica? Um, you know, you know, you know, like the yeah, Night of Demons, where she's like eating the popsicle or the sucker, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's. I mean, it's an iconic box art. I remember seeing it all the time. I've never seen that movie either, uh, but, but it's one of those ones that it was probably like right next to the house. I've, I've seen it a million times, like that that box art a million times, but I've never watched the movie. Yeah. It. It's there's there is three of them and then the remake the remake was 2009 and it had shan elizabeth it had oh uh 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 uh, uh john connor eddie furlong, eddie furlong. yeah and i'm like i didn't i didn't even know there was a remake let alone <laughs> like never watched the originals like I think number two or three had uh, Ben Stiller's wife that played Marsha Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. Wow. Um, and that was even after Hey Dude with her in it. I'm just like, how did I never watch these? Like, the, the, I like, the, I, like, as soon as I saw the boxer, I go, I've seen this a million times. Right. And like, why... Like maybe in my head it was never a series. I didn't know it was a series when I was going through and watching all the series I could. I just missed it. And I even missed the 2009 one, which is 13 years ago. I think I just watched it the first time like 
a year ago. <laughs> um, no, there's the, there's the big list, you know, like, I would say the changeling is something I need to watch. Um, especially because we're getting a lot more stuff like that, right? Yeah, I, I think we're seeing a lot more items like that. Um, something I also recently watched was the uh, the uh, Slumber Party Massacres, which just had a just had a new one. It's also one of those things that you always saw. I feel the the boxes for right. Well, yeah, the original box for those for the was awesome. It was like a, the bloody knife sticking through the gym shoe. Yeah, those. I mean, it was cool looking. Yeah. No, yeah, the movie. The movie. I don't think lived up to that. Well, no. I mean, it's, it's a good reason to see boobs, essentially. And the, well, <laughs> the second one was so bad that I never bothered watching any other ones. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like you know, we watched last night. We watched, uh, you know, Videodrome. I don't think I ever sat down and watched all the way through it. Something I, was on tons of lists. I I remember the box art, and it's just something that just slipped. To the cracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just one of those movies that I watched a long time ago and always loved. And it's, you know, it's bizarre, <laughs> but but it's still fun. Yeah. Like I said, I, after watching the Slumby Bar Massacre, I'm like, all right, now I got to watch the uh, Swarry House Massacre, which is a spinoff of it, right? <laughs> I like, I go that stinking deep into this when I go into this stuff, right? And just trying to find Swarry House Massacres. It's really hard because they never really made it onto anything other than VHS. Well, yeah. And I, I don't remember where Slumber Party Massacre was. Was it sci-fi? It was sci-fi. Like, you think they would have had, I mean, it would have been a very watered-down sci-fi for Slumber Party Massacre because there's a lot of nudity. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it's so cheesy. It's something I think we we should discuss. Just not just those as a whole, but yeah, it's it's something that I just had to find and you know, I'm I still go through box art still and try to find if it says eighties, I go, I don't know if this is gonna be cheesy or not. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um. Yeah, I, I think that's you know kind of where we're at in our horror movie lives, right? Is just embracing the change. We have to. I think we start off good, and I think we just finding a good thing is hard to do. Word of mouth is really helpful, you know. And I'm hoping when we go to these these uh, horror screens next month that we'll get to meet people. Maybe one of them might have more ideas. You know, yeah, it's always a plus. Uh, you know, I think also I, you know, we discussed before possibly going to you know trying to find horror movie conventions and just connect with you know since it's hopefully safer out there to connect with the, the fan base like us, right? Uh, in theory, in theory. Sure. <laughs> so, um. Anything else that we want to discuss with box art? Anything that the other points that you have? Uh, I don't think so. It was all the ones that um, that I remember. So. Okay. 
yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss, you know, more as, as it comes down the line. And, you know, um, I think, you know, the next episodes and that we're, we're doing the podcast, we're going to be watching a lot of movies. We're going to try to be releasing these a couple of times more in October. Just a lot of movies get coming up for us to watch. <laughs> All right. So Halloween time, uh, spooky season. Yes, I have to. Yeah, between everything else, I have to continuously watch, and then all this other stuff is gonna be a lot of movies. I think we count what twenty-seven movies for the Halloween Hellraisers and VHS because we have three of these things, one of each coming out ne- next month. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a day off of work and just watch <laughs> movies or something. Oh, that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's fine for you, sure. No? Oh. All right, so then, um, so, you know, everyone stay tuned for next week's episode. We'll be discussing kind of what makes horror. We're going into, you know, atmosphere, substance, gore versus plot, and the genre mixes and, you know, remakes, reboots, revivals, and legacies. So this is Graveyard saying, have you checked on the children? Salem saying, long live the new flesh.